This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. This podcast is sponsored by Prevenex. This is where I get all my vitamins and supplements, and you should too. They have a Joint Health Plus supplement that supports joint comfort and flexibility. It's clinically proven to offer the most comprehensive and complete joint protection. I have had raving reviews on this product. So many people on the fence, me on the fence, and I can't say enough good things about what it does. The cool thing about Prevenex is they have a 100% money back guarantee if you are not seeing results. So go check it out. They also have amazing vegan protein powder that I love. I use it pretty much every day. Go to Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER, and that'll get you 15% off your first order. That's Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER, and that'll get you 15% off your first order. All right, we have a fun episode today. This is episode 372, and my guest is Elena Tab. Elena ran her debut marathon in Boston this past fall, where she placed 12th and was the second American to cross the finish line behind Nell Rojas. She ran a 230-33 in Boston, and she is running it again here in just, what, like two weeks. So it's exciting to see her running that race again as her second marathon. Elena recently announced that she is sponsored by Adidas. She lives in Pittsburgh and she's a high school math teacher. She has represented Team USA around the world. In fact, she's repped Team USA on every continent except Antarctica and Australia. I am so excited to see what she is going to do in Boston in just a couple of weeks. Make sure you're following her. It's E-L-A-I-N-A tab, T-A-B-B on Instagram. And you can check out her training and cheer for her as she heads into this big marathon. If you do enjoy this podcast, leave us a quick rating and review. That would be a huge help in supporting this podcast. We also do monthly giveaways with Gooder sunglasses for those who leave ratings and reviews. Just send me an email and let me know that you left one. Lindsay at SandyBoyProductions.com and we will enter you in every single month to win a pair. All right, friends. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Elena. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Elena Tab on the show. Welcome to the show, Elena. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, do you have the day off because it's President's Day? I do. Oh, yes. that's exciting. Yes. I'm very happy about it. I went for a run in the trails this morning and now I get to just relax. And you've made time for the podcast. Thank you for that. That's I appreciate great. it. Of course. On your day off, what else is on the schedule today? Are you going to like put your feet up and watch a show? Um, I'm definitely going to take a nap later. Nice. And I, I still have my Christmas tree up because it is, it brings me joy in the winter months. So I decided I'm going to take it down today. So that's on my to-do list. I love it. I was actually on a walk in the evening the other day in my neighborhood. It was getting dark and I noticed someone stole their Christmas tree up and I was like, props to you, like for just owning it and keeping it up. There's nothing more peaceful than just looking at my Christmas lights at night. So, well, and especially if you live somewhere cold, if it's going to be cold and like snowy and all those things that are Christmassy, live it up. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So how's your week going? Training for Boston? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I had a big long run yesterday and that was kind of like the focus of the week. So that went well. And then. Um, we have an in-service day tomorrow, so I don't teach tomorrow. So it's a three-day work week for me, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice because I can kind of like take a breather this week and catch up on like sleep and chores and stuff. But um, yeah, it should be good. Um, so Elena is a math teacher, right? Yep. Math teacher, marathon 
newish marathon runner. And so it's always fun to talk to pros who are doing kind of managing both the professional world of running and the professional world of whatever else it is. Um, Elena, let's talk a little bit about your journey to the marathon because you're really a new marathoner. So I know you competed in the the trials for the 10 K last summer, and it was kind of an unique experience for you. Um, Mm -hmm. when did you decide you wanted to try the marathon? I kind of knew last spring would be my last track season just because I was like getting ready to want to move on and like have a new challenge. So I had in my head, like I'd run a fall 2021 marathon and I wanted to do Boston because I lived there, was on the BAA and that was like such a special, special race for me. So yeah, I think I decided probably like in 2020 that 2021 would be the first marathon, but I I wasn't really anticipating continuing to race marathons. Like, I don't know what time goal would have been the, the deal break. Maybe it was two 30, the deal breaker of like, okay, I'll keep running marathons, but I guess two 30 was it. So, um, I decided I'll keep running a few more marathons and, um, so I'm going to do Boston again in the spring and then decide on a fall one this year. Well, that's so exciting. It's like you went into your first marathon, which was Boston, like with this, like open mind, like, let's see what I can do. Yeah. Maybe close a chapter, maybe keep going. Right. And you were second American. Yeah. 12th <laughs> overall. I mean, that's like, okay, maybe marathoning is for me. Right. Yeah, Exactly. And it kind of like lit a new fire. It's like, okay, if I can do that, um, I can do it even better next time around type of thing. So I think like having it be such a new challenge got me really excited about it. And and Adidas was really excited about it too. And so that opened up a new um, contract in there, which is really helpful and really nice. And so I'm definitely in it for the next few years and hoping to run at the trials in 2024. So. Uh, so exciting. Tell us about your partnership with Adidas. I know you're with BAA for a while. What does that look like in terms of sponsorship? Yeah, I'm still kind of like working through the last pieces of the contract, but it should be a multi-year contract because Adidas wants more of a presence at the 2024 Marathon Olympic Trials. So the timing really worked out where Um, Like I have a lot of Adidas connections and then the marathon went well right around the time where they were like, let's target marathon runners. So um, that's huge because, you know, the sport goes a long way, which is great. So, oh, yeah. And you're a teacher like teachers. Y'all are underpaid and we know it. (laughs) like support the teachers. So I'm so glad that you're getting the support for your running career, too, because really you have two almost full time jobs. Yeah. With how much you run. Yeah. My weekdays are, they're hilarious. It's like I get up, go to school, then I train, then I just come home and prep for school. Cause since it's my first year, like everything is new. Um, like I'm building everything from scratch kind of. So, (laughs) so I think like if, if I do the same exact classes next year, I'll have a ton more freedom, but right now it's very much just like get both jobs done, prepare for the next day and then repeat. But, um, it's been going well. And I like, I like that balance. Like I like having both of them. So I know you teach math, but like what grades are you teaching? I teach, um, geometry, which is mostly freshmen, sophomores. And then I teach calculus honors, which is mostly seniors. And then I teach AP Calc BC, which is like the highest math level class you can take in in high school. Whoa. So that's, that's the one where I was like, definitely surprised that I would be teaching that my first year, but it, it's ending up being one of my favorite classes. It just takes a lot more prep. I mean, you're like real smart. <laughs> I just, I cannot wrap my head around taking that class, let alone teaching it. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely pretty stressed about it at the beginning of the year when they, when uh, I was assigned it, but I just kind of been like relearning the things that I've forgotten and, and I don't always know the answers and I'll tell them like, I'll say, okay, let me think about this. And, Mm. and then I do my own reading and figure it out and come back the next day. So I don't think it's not not something where you're expected to know everything and be able to explain it perfectly. So 
and it's a small class, thankfully. It's only 10 people. And, but yeah, no, it's great. Well, and as the years go on, you'll like, ha- like you said, you'll have your system. You won't be like figuring yeah. things out as you go. Right. Exactly. Oh my goodness. What did you, so like you majored in math? I did. Yeah. I majored in math at William and Mary. And then I got my master's in education at Boston college. So the first year and a half that I was on the BA, I was in grad school there too. So that was nice because I was doing like my student teaching in Boston and stuff like that. But then I had a six year break of, I was just running and then I would tutor on the side. And that was nice because I could like keep practicing that craft. And like, even when we went on altitude trips, I could just Skype tutor and all that. So um, that was fine. But like entering the classroom this year was like first time since I student taught really and like led my own classroom and stuff. But so when you made these life decisions, like, okay, I'm going to start teaching full time. You probably mm-hmm. went into that thinking, like you said, I'm going to run this marathon and then maybe move on to a different chapter of life. But then you mm-hmm. had such great success. So tell me your feelings there with like stepping into the full-time teaching career and realizing, oh, and marathoning. I mean, I know you were running really high miles training for the 10K and other distances, but like you're probably adding some miles mm-hmm. here. So right. yeah, I think if anything, it just shows you that there's not like a one size fits all and you can have a job and marathon train. I think too, since the marathon is so focused on the long run, it's like I have two days a week where I'm not working. And so I just, I amp up my weekends. Like they're pretty long and hard. And then I'll just have one other one, maybe two other workouts during the week. And then the rest is just like filled in with regular easy maintenance runs so I think it, I think it just helped me realize that like, I don't have to be home all day with my feet up resting and like, I can still teach. And, and if it's also shown me that I love having, I love teaching and like having that purpose and like a little bit of separation from the running world, I think has been a huge advantage for me. Yeah. Do you think it gives, it makes it so that it doesn't feel as much like as much pressure yeah definitely and just like little things aren't as little things in the running world like aren't as big of a deal anymore like I remember I used to get stressed it's like okay the weather's really bad what should I do now it's like okay the weather's bad I either do the workout because I have these two hours to do it or I do it the next day (laughs) so there's no like stressing about that or um yeah, like if so, if you're not running as fast of paces as you planned, it's like, okay, well, you just move on to the next thing. And so I think it, yeah, I think it takes the pressure off and I think it puts it in perspective too, that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to get done kind of thing. Do you always do your running during the week after school, not before? Yeah, I do. I figured... I probably get more benefit from getting my eight hours of sleep than trying to like get up at 430 or something. So, and it's the warmest part of the day. So it works out well in the winter. Yeah. (laughs) There is something about getting up at like 430 or five that is so hard. I mean, even if I go to bed really early, like even if I'm in bed at 830 or nine, that time just does so much to my body compared to like, if I get up at six, I don't know what it is, but it just, I don't know if I, because I'm restless thinking about the fact that the alarm's going to go off or whatever, but like getting up at six, I feel so much more rested than getting up at five. Right. Yeah. I believe it too. And it's like, I don't really want to do all my runs in the pitch black with ice and things like that. So I think I've gone into a good routine of like just doing it right after school and like your body does get used to running in the afternoon too, which is cool. Cause that was the other thing I I used to always work out and run in the mornings and then just do a double in the afternoons, but your body just gets adjusted and, and it's fine. It also helps probably with that, like, uh, three, 4 PM, like, like I, you get this downward spiral, you just get, start getting really tired. Well, if you start moving your body, it'll wake you up yeah. and give you like your energy for the rest of the day. Yeah. For me. Yeah. That. And also just making sure I have some sort of food because I have this window of like, I can run from three thirty to five 
but then if I push it back, I'm like too hungry and then mm-hmm. all this stuff. So it's like such a, such a funny, ba- like delicate balance that I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Like you don't want your lunches to be too heavy, but they have to be heavy enough that you have like the yeah. energy to sustain you. Yeah. So does your husband, what, is, what does he do for a living and does he still train with you? He works at a bank. He just got a new job at BNY Mellon and, um, but he's been working from home remotely for the last two years. So he'll start going in, I guess, in March, but, um, he'll, he'll run for fun when, when it's the weekends and it's nice weather, like he's taking the winter off, but when it's nice weather, he'll bike with me. And that just makes the long runs so nice. And like, he'll give me fluids and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's been great. He's, he's my main like workout buddy when it comes to that, the weekend stuff. And then I have one of my best friends from high school. She still runs a lot. Margo Malone. She, she trains here. So I run with her a lot after school. So even though, even though I don't really have a team here, I, I feel like I'm rarely completely by myself. Mm -hmm. It's nice. But so your husband, like if he's done workouts with you and he can keep up with you, like what's his history with running? Yeah, his he is an 800 background. Okay. okay. So it's actually it's funny. So when I was training for the Houston half, I ended up getting COVID the week of Houston, so I couldn't race it. Oh but I, dang! I know it was such a bummer. It was like because everyone came back from Christmas break and everyone was sick. But hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, leading into that race, I was doing some track work, and he would dip out of work a little bit early and meet me at the track and he'll like jump in for a 400 rest, jump in for a 400 type thing. So that, that was really fun and helpful. But now, um, I think things for him will amp up with work and I'll just have him on the weekends, which is fine. Yeah. Do you feel completely recovered from COVID? Are you having any lingering side effects? I feel completely recovered. I I feel like I had it pretty lucky. It was just a head cold for me. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. So what did you learn from Boston in the fall? I just want to reiterate to everybody, debut marathon, 230 in Boston, 12th overall, second American, only second American to Nell um, Rojas. What did you learn from that experience that you're like, oh, okay, my second marathon's the same race. I can, yeah. I know X, Y, and Z now. I was very conservative in that first half, which, which was the reason why it was so successful. Um, but looking back at my splits, my first mile was a 550, and that's like the steepest downhill oh, yeah. mile that you could have. So like to think that I was that, cause I I've been known to get a little excited at races, go out a little too fast and pay the price. But I was cracking up that I was like, wow, I did a good job of being patient. Um, but I feel like, um, knowing like I've, I've run those heartbreak Hills. We ran those every Wednesday. So I know exactly what it entails. And so, um, I think this spring I can have a little bit more confidence knowing I can go out a little bit more aggressively, but by no means aggressive, just like maybe I can stay with a few more people, um, in like the front pack or whatever. But, um, I definitely think that people do get excited and uh, take it out too aggressively and then pay the price. So just finding that balance. But yeah, that and then also just knowing like no matter what, I'll be able to complete it because there was a there was one point I remember when I got to Fenway, I was like, okay, now I know I can 100 percent get to the finish line. <laughs> but you know, like when you have never done one before, it's like, that's in the back of your mind. What if, what if something happens and your muscles completely cramp up and fatigue or something? So I think it's like, um, training, knowing how to, uh, prepare your quads and all that for the downhill and, um, practicing fueling and stuff so that, you know, you can finish it no matter what. So, yeah. That, that feels so good in the second marathon. Like, I have done this distance. I know for sure my body can get to the finish line. Right, right. <laughs> 550 must have felt like so, so slow. Were you like, what am I doing? Like, how did you process that? I Yeah, I just zoned out. I made a friend. I made a friend with a woman from Japan. And we just ran with each other for like 
15 miles, but I was, my coach just told me don't be in the front pack. Yeah. So I just made sure, even though they were probably running the pace that I ended up averaging or whatever in the first few miles, at least, um, I just made sure I wasn't with them and I'm glad I did. Cause I probably would have gotten caught up if someone made a move earlier or whatever, but, um, yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely felt slow. When did it, when did the marathon start getting really physically hard for you? It's, it's so interesting because I remember this switch in my mentality where I, cause I was like hunting people for the whole second half. That's so fun. What a fun way to race. So fun. And like that rarely ends up happening. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's a special time when that happens. And, and so, yeah, the first half was just conservation mode. And then the second half was like attack mode. And, and so even though I'm sure I was feeling like it was getting harder and harder, I was still catching people the entire last like 10 miles. And I don't know what I started out and, but I moved up to 12th and it was just like every person you pass kind of gave you. And, and when I caught Des, she said like, they'll come back to you. So she Oh, Des, of course she did. Yeah. She also reminded me like, okay, I'm doing this right. And then I could see once I knew, once I saw someone like come off the main pack, like fall off a little bit, I'd be like, okay, I know I'm going to get them. And then, um, and then I, I also knew a bunch of my cousins were at the race. And so I was like, I have to get to downtown. Once I get to downtown, I'll see them and I'll be done. So it, it helped like break it up in that way. Um, I have to hear more about does saying that to you that, cause that's so typical Was did she just like recognize you and like, she saw what you were, what you were doing. Like she realized your mission was now on the hunt. And was that weird to pass Des because she's such weird. a seasoned marathoner? Yeah, it was weird to pass Des, but, um, I was watching her for a long time and like, she was doing her, like keeping the pace the same. So she'll like catch a pack and then their separation, like those sorts of things. So I, I was just watching her and then eventually caught up with her. And yeah, so she said, they'll come back to you. You're running smart or something like Aww. that. And yeah, it was just like a good, good validation that I was doing it right from somebody that's done this course so many times. So, and I, I think I knew too, leading into that race that she wasn't like firing on all cylinders leading up to it, but, um, Cause not everyone was, I mean, I know a lot of people were battling like injuries and stuff like Jordan has say, I know had a tough day. So it's just, that's the other thing is like, you never know how somebody is stepping to the start line and like what their training's been. So. Yeah, totally. Um, I just love that about the sport so much because it's like everybody goes to the start line and wants to place as high as they possibly can. Y'all yeah. want to beat each other. Of course you do. Right. But there's so much camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I feel like that's a difference between track and marathoning. Because, mm. I mean, I guess you can make the argument for both. But with the marathon, it feels so much like I'm just trying to be the best runner I can be. And, like, in that process, I'm going to beat as many people as I can. But I'm just so much more focused on myself and my training rather than, like, oh, this person did this on the track and now they're, you know, so it just, it's just seems, it just seems more fun for me at this point in my life. <laughs> hey everybody, a quick break to thank ZocDoc for supporting this episode of the podcast. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you. And no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. The people who created ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare all the things that weren't working and said enough. Then they made booking a great doctor surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can find doctors that are in your insurance network, putting you on the path to see the doctors who are right for you and not wasting any time figuring out who's in network and who's not. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Go to ZocDoc.com slash another and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C 
ZocDoc.com slash another. ZocDoc.com slash another. All right, friends, back to my conversation. So we let's talk about your track experience a little bit. Um, first, let's in case people don't know the story about the trials last year, can you tell everybody what happened? Yeah, so it was it was like ninety degrees, so they moved the race to the morning, um, and we were just like dumping water on ourselves and stuff, and just trying to stay cool. But there were so many people in the race because so many people had hit the standard. So I think there were like. 45 people in the race, which is crazy for, I mean, any race, but so this is a 10 K and the gun went off and there was a row of people behind me and, and somebody just clipped my shoe off my heel. And I was like, okay, well, I can't run. Like, this is the start of the 10 K. I can't run 26 laps with half a shoe on. I can't take my shoe off because the track's so hot. There's no way I can run barefoot for that long. And so I tried to get my shoe on back on. Like I had to bend down and get my shoe on as everyone's running away from me. And it was like, because I was so drenched in water, I couldn't get my shoe up over my heel. And then I was like shaking and I was like, no way, this is not going to be the way that I run the trials. Like, this is awful. And so I finally get it back on, but they had, I think they had like a hundred meters on me. So I just had to like slowly catch them. But, um, so it wasn't ideal but I am happy with the way I competed because I, I just kept clicking people off and I honestly don't even remember what I finished. I just, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the best race, but it wasn't the worst, I guess. Did it ever cross your mind to step off the track? No, no, because I did not make the trials in, uh, 2016. I, I was the first person out of the 10 K that mm. year. So I was like pretty heartbroken and I was going to do whatever it took to get to this trial. So yeah, that wasn't a question. I was like, I am finishing this race the best I can, no matter what, like it it wasn't really, it wasn't a realistic goal for me to get top three, but like a top 10 finish would have been like what I was shooting for. So, um, but yeah, I, I kept in there. (laughs) How did you, how did you like, I mean, I guess that right there knowing that like I made the trials, this is my first experience. I'm finishing the race. How did you get your head back in the like work hard mindset after that? I'm sure that your heart was racing and all those, your your nervous system fires up because you're like, ah, I gotta get my shoe back on. Exactly. And you're angry too. Like you're angry that, that there's, yeah, you're just angry that it happened. But actually what's pretty cool is I, I knew exactly where my husband was going to be in the stands. And so I looked at him and he didn't really know what was going on. Like he didn't know what caused me to be far back, but he knew something happened. And so he, I, I just like heard him say like, you're fine, like come. And, and I just like, was like, okay, I can do it. And it's a long race. Like it's fine. And so like seeing him was just so helpful because it kind of just made me relax and then be smart about my next few minutes of running. But also with like that heat, it it just takes so much out of you if you do anything too aggressive. So it was definitely whoever was leading the 10K at the time. I remember thinking like, thank God, Emily Sisson's not taking it out really fast right now. I think their first laps were slow. And so that played to my advantage. It was so hot. And the 10K is so long. It really is. Yeah. Um, did you know at that point, did you already have your sights set on the fall marathon? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did. Cause my, um, my husband and I had decided we were going to move to Pittsburgh in the summer. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I would be parting ways with the BAA cause they're a Boston based group. Um, so yeah, I think it was just a matter of which one would I do and which one made the most sense, stuff like that. So what's training in Philly like for you compared to training in Boston? Um, it is, well, it's a lot hillier. I'm in Pittsburgh. It's mm-hmm. a lot hillier. I always get Philly and Pittsburgh confused. That's okay. Um, it's a lot hillier, which plays to Boston training very well. Um, 
No, I like it. I'm I'm hoping the winters are a little shorter. So I'm like hoping March will be better. It's been it's been a cold, cold, snowy winter. Um, so in that sense, I guess Boston prepared me well. But no, there's a lot of good a lot of good training. I, I was just exploring new a new park today. So it's fun because like when I was training here, I went I grew up here. And so when I was training in high school and stuff, I wasn't really exploring new parks and things like that. So it's fun to come back and and try to find new spots. Is the, like your family still live there? Is that what played into you guys moving back? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much my whole family's here. Okay. So you've represented the U.S. in five continents, I read. Um, yeah. Tell me, track, cross country, roads. What's your favorite? <laughs> it's probably cross country. Yeah? Yeah. It's It's always been. I think it's just like my most natural form of running. Like today, it was hilarious. I, I just needed to go on trails because I've been on roads for so many weeks now. I am on these trails and it's just like a mud fest. I'm just sliding around all this mud and I'm like, okay, this is this is ridiculous. But it just reminded me that I'm just someone that needs trails. So I think, yeah, I think cross country is my favorite. It's the most interesting and fun for me. Tell us what experience of all of those um, races where you got to represent Team USA, like what's the most poignant, important to your career? Um, I think, oh, that's a good one. There's two and they, they're both cross country. So the first one was when I made, it was 2015, I made Worlds and it was in China. And that was my first year as a pro and I made world for cross. And I think we weren't really expecting that my coach, I mean, it would have, it would have had to be like a perfect day for it to happen. So I think that was really exciting because it put a lot of confidence in me for the years, the next few years. So that was cool. And then, um, two years later when I went for it again, that was the year that it was in Uganda. And that was just awesome because it was such a unique experience and, um, I got absolutely demolished in the race, but the experience was incredible and it was so much fun. And I went with Sarah Pagano. She, she and I were teammates at the time too at BAA. So it was really fun. I always wonder, like, is it so hard to go compete so intensely once you've traveled like across the world? Yeah. And it also like for that race, it was in March and it was hot because we're, we're on the equator. So it's warm and we're coming out of um, winter. And then it was like at elevation. And so I feel like it kind of catered to the, the Eastern Africans very well. Sure. And yeah. And so, I mean, the U.S. ran well, like we did a good job, but it, it definitely, it was a big trip. I, I forget how long the flight was, but it was a big trip. So you say that cross country, like that's your favorite, your most natural element. Does it feel bittersweet to like, be like I'm marathoning now and you probably won't do much cross country anymore? Yeah. But at the same time, like I can still do all the trail running that I love to do. But yeah, I feel, I feel fine about focusing on racing the roads. And then I also know like I want to coach someday and I want to coach cross country and track. So I feel like I'll still have it, get a piece of it there. What do you think you want to coach? Like what level? High school. Yeah. That would be so fun. Yeah. There's something, you know, I didn't run on a team beyond high school cross country. Um, like I didn't run in college or anything, but I just, there is just something so special about a high school cross country team. I agree. I agree completely. And yeah, I just, I feel like it's just such a great way to connect to. And I remember some of my favorite memories were on the team in high school. So yeah, it is special. And it's different than other sports. I, I mean, I guess that's my main experience in, mm -hmm. in high school. Um, I did a couple other things here and there, but that was like my main thing. And I just feel like the bond you have with your teammates I don't know. Maybe it was just because I was on that team. I just felt like it was different than the other sports. We were really close. Yeah. Maybe because it's a smaller group and, and you're just out there training. I don't know. You're just out there running. It's like the most natural bonding 
thing. So yeah, I agree with you. Which is why we still do it like, you know, throughout the rest of our lives. And it's still so special, like the running friends that you had, like for, have for people listening right now who go out and just run with their friends. They're not professional runners or anything like that, but right. there's just this special bond between the women or men that you meet up with to run with. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, okay. So what are the goals for Boston the second time around? It'll be interesting because it's a it's a really good American field. So I'm just like excited to try to beat some Americans that that people don't really think I can beat. And then I also would love to run under 230. Yeah. But you know, it's you have to be careful setting a time goal just in case anything's weird with the weather. But I'm training for like a sub 230 is okay. how like I'm mentally approaching training. Um, who else is on the start list? Sarah Hall, I know she announced, right? Yep. Um, Molly Seidel, Steph Bruce and Kellen Taylor. Um, Des is doing it too. Um, is Nell going back? Yeah, Nell's going back. So, yeah, there's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we're missing a few. Um, yeah. That makes it so exciting and so much fun. Uh, yeah, because yeah, in the fall you think the field was a little more thin with the Americans? I do. Cause it was like the same weekend as Chicago mm -hmm. and um, like a month before New York. So I think the Americans were just kind of spread out a little bit, but the international field was really good. <laughs> and they always have, I feel like Boston always has a good international field. Um, but yeah, I do think there are definitely a lot more Americans this year, this time around. Well, it's exciting to run the Boston Marathon sponsored by Adidas since they're the sponsor of the Boston Marathon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there are a few of us too, which is cool, like Nell Rojas and um, a oh, lot of yeah, that. yeah, Nell signed. I forgot that's who she signed with. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit more about that because you mentioned that Adidas is like wanting to be bigger in the marathoning scene, which for a long time, and I'm going to forget someone, I mean, it was Neely Spence Gracie that I remember yeah. that was sponsored by Adidas as a marathoner. Yes. Nobody else I rings think, a bell. No, I think she was the only one at the 2016 trials. Um, but yeah, so now at the 2020 or I guess I meant 2020 trials, but, um, yeah, now at the 2024 trials, um, we've got Nell and then Sarah Pagano, okay. me, and then Emily Durgan, I'm sure will move up to the marathon. You at think some she point. will? <laughs> I think she would. Well, yeah, she's crush. crushing the half. Yeah. So, um, there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely a few more athletes that I think will race at the trials and Adidas. That's exciting. And, I wonder why they're just like, I wonder why they didn't focus on that before. Well, I know that the shoes are really, really um, popular. So I think just like working that angle of, of the longer distances and stuff like that. So will you have like, what will your commitments be as far as like speaking stuff and like, I don't know, fulfilling sponsor engagements outside of racing that weekend? The Boston weekend? Yeah. Maybe? Um, yeah, they haven't mentioned anything yet. I know they ha they'll have some, some media stuff, but, um, I don't know exactly yet what I'll be doing. I do know that it's my spring break that week, so I can be nice and relaxed and I can go up a little bit earlier and participate more in all the fun. So I'm looking forward to that. That's really exciting. What is your, um, what is your like mentality race morning? Are you calm, cool, and collected? What do you, what's your routine? I think I'm usually calm, cool, and collected, but in the fall before Boston, I felt like such a noob because everyone knew what to do and like what type of bag to bring and where to do this and that and where to go. And everyone like had an agent. And then it was just me and my husband <laughs> being like, Hey, can you get my bag for me? Or like, uh, what bus do I go? On? Like, it, it just, I didn't know what was going on. It was cracking me up, but Second time around should be smoother, but yeah, I, I feel like I'm usually pretty relaxed before the races, especially such a long one. You don't want to waste any energy. Do you have an agent now? I do. Yeah. Mark Wetmore. Okay, cool. What was that process like? How did you choose to go with him? Um, my coach, Terrence, he called me after Boston and he said, 
the boss is happy because so, <laughs> he he has a lot of Adidas connections. So he was referring to like the Adidas boss. And so we talked and um, he said, if you want to keep running, like, I think there's going to be some opportunities. And so he he's he connected me with Mark Wetmore, who has a lot of Adidas connections as well. And that's how that that went, because I, I knew I wanted to run for Terrence and he was the original BAA coach when I first joined the team after college. So, um, yeah, it's been really great. Even though he's on the West Coast, I, yeah, I still am coached by him. Hey, friends, a quick break to share with you about a new product, a new sponsor for this podcast that I am loving, Portland Bee Balm. Beyond the amazing quality of their balm, Portland Bee Balm is committed to creating sustainable products, which is hugely important to me. They are members of 1% for the planet, which means they donate 1% of revenue to organizations tackling our planet's most pressing environmental issues. This is so cool. Products that are useful, natural, and add value to people's lives and the world. Portland Bee Balm provides the best hydration for your lips with clean and simple ingredients. Since I put balm on my lips multiple times throughout the day, it is so important to me that the products I'm using are clean and effective. Portland Bee Balm has so many different varieties of scents, but my favorite is the organ mint. The ingredients they source and the packaging they use all support health and well-being to the environment and community. So awesome! Friends, go to portlandbeebalm.com and use the code SANDYBOY for 20% off your first order. All right, back to the show. Um, so talk to me about working with Terrence. It's great. Yeah. Um, I feel like he, he just knows exactly he knows me so well because we've known each other for so many years so he knows how I operate and um he's very much like big picture you know like long-term improvements things like that and so it's yeah he's just he's just a really great coach and it's great to have somebody that knows you so personally and we've had so many so many intense conversations when he was the BAA coach like uh, where we just talked for hours and, and just questioned everything. And so, um, yeah, we just know each other really well. And he's been someone that's always challenged me and like pushed me to be better. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been great. What are you, what are you doing mileage wise right now? And what will you peak at for Boston? I'm running about 90 miles a week, which seems low, but when you're doing it in singles, it's, it's pretty solid. Yeah. And I think maybe it'll get a little bit higher, but not too much because you can only run so much at one time, I feel like, but yeah, we've been trying to hit the weekends hard. So like I'll do a long run one of the days and then the second day will just be like either a semi long run or a two longer doubles. So we check, we like back end the weekend pretty high. I mean, running 90 miles a week with no doubles during the week, your weekday runs have to be like all what 12 plus miles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Usually, usually 10 to 12. Okay. I guess, but the workouts are longer than 12. So yeah, it could anywhere from 10 to 14 Workout I guess. days. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, before we wrap up with end of podcast, I'm always curious, like with your upbringing and everything, like how did you become such a focused athlete? And also you are clearly very focused academically as well. I mean, to major in math and then go on and get your master's. That's something that you're good at. You enjoy it. You've probably worked really hard in school. So I'm just curious about your parents and what the, like, work ethic was growing up and things like that? Yeah, I, so I have two brothers. One is a year older and one's a year younger. And the one that's younger, he has Down syndrome. And so it's funny because like now that I'm in the teaching world, I see, I communicate with all these parents and um, like parents will check in 
about their child and things like that. But my parents, there were so they were just making sure that like my younger brother was taken care of and stuff. So we weren't really like, I don't really remember my parents telling me to study or do any schoolwork, things like that. So I feel like from a young age, I've kind of always been like, okay, well, if I want to succeed, I have to work pretty hard. And like, I, I also wasn't the kind of student that could just show up and ace a test. Like I did have to work. So that was kind of always like embedded in me in that way. But I think having um, a younger brother with special needs, just, you know, that, that was a big reason why I had to figure out how to make things work for myself. And, um, and my parents were huge supporters. They've always been huge supporters of like both my running and, um, my career change as to a teacher and things like that. So, um, yeah, I just feel like I, I just naturally am a hard worker and, um, and I like, I, I always like to have a goal on the horizon that I'm trying to reach. So um, working towards it and trying to achieve it is something that I think I'll always have and do. When I ask that question, I like, it always comes down to like, how much of is this is nature versus nurture? And I think yeah. that a lot of it is nature. Yeah. It's both for sure. Yeah. But just based on what you're saying, it sounds like, like this is who you are. Right regardless yeah. of what they taught you. I agree. Um, does your brother, how's your brother? Does he live at home with your parents? Is he on his own? He lives at home with my parents and he's, he's doing really well. Yeah, he's great. He, um, he was working at like a workshop before the pandemic, but now when that, when the pandemic hit, he stopped and now he's just been home all the time now. And my mom gives him little jobs, keeps him busy and he, he's doing great. So Yeah. How do you think growing up with a sibling with special needs changed your perspective of the world and just how you handle circumstances in life? Yeah, I think he is part of the reason why I am so patient. And I think he's the biggest reason why I decided to be a teacher because I remember always teaching him and like, um, I would make him little flashcards with words on them and a picture and like teach him words and stuff because he was very delayed in his communication. And so I, I credit him with my <laughs> discovery of wanting to be a teacher. But yeah, I just I think, yeah, he's just he's just always happy and always accepting and supportive. And it's just like qualities that you want for yourself, too. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, all right. What is something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? I think I would say coach. Like I, I'm really excited about coaching. I just have to wait until my, my running career calms down a little bit. So I think that that's definitely on my, my to-do list. Um, I love it. What, uh, what is the best, most recent book you've read? I am almost done reading The Girl with the Louding Voice. Oh, what's that about? It's a coming-of-age story of a girl growing up in a small village in Nigeria. Oh, really? Like, village and and tries to get an education and all this stuff. It's really good. Have you read the book, I Am a Girl from Africa? No. Elizabeth, it's by Elizabeth, and I'm going to just butcher her last name, so I'm not even going to try to say it. Um, really good. She ends up, she's same situation, trying to find her education, and then ends up going to work for the United Nations. And there's this backstory of someone from the United Nations who um, worked for UNICEF, like basically saving her life because she was starving. Um, and yeah. that person found her and like nourished her back to health. And then she ends up working for UNICEF like her goal in life was like I want to work at the same place that that girl who saved me worked and it's really beautiful I listened to it on audibles and she narrates it really beautiful story very cool yeah I'll have to look into it that book that you mentioned reminded me of that that's why I brought it up um who is someone fun motivating or inspiring you would like to have coffee tea or a cocktail with who um So I love, this is like totally not running or teaching related or anything. This is family related. I love hearing stories about my family and stories of my ancestors and things that I I'd love to hear. Like, I'd love to sit down with my great grandparents and talk to them. They're from 
Greece and talk to them about the story of like their son, my grandfather, who came to America and and just hear what it must have been like to like say goodbye to your son. And mm. um, so, yeah, I, I'm someone that loves to hear stories about my family. So I think I'd love that. It's one of those things where like until you're a parent, I don't know that you can like totally wrap your head around your child leaving your country to go live in another country like that. I, I just can't mm-hmm. imagine. I can't either. Yeah. Yeah. What is your last message to leave with our audience today? I think, and I touched on this earlier, I think in whatever part of life you're in, setting goals for yourself is huge. Like it gives you that purpose and that reason to wake up and work towards something. And whether or not you reach it or you fail, like you're, you're going to have to just keep going back out there and, you know, going after it again. And it teaches you how to rebound after failure. And then it's such a satisfying feeling when you do achieve it. So I think, yeah, just goal setting can be such a life changer, whether it's in sport or personal goals, you know, like for yourself. I agree. I mean, I think that so much of life is like, what is our purpose? Why are we here? And setting goals is, is like a step in that direction. And we all want purpose. Like, I mean, it's like life feels meaningless without some sort of purpose. So I totally Mm -hmm. agree with you there. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll all be cheering for you in Boston and can't wait to see what you do at your second marathon and your second Boston. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, friends. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Elena, for coming on the show. Best of luck in Boston. Leave us a quick rating and review, friends. If you are enjoying this podcast, that would be a huge help in new listeners finding us. Go check out Prevenex, Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 10% off your first order. Actually, it's 15%. Um, Check out their Joint Health Plus and their protein powder. Those are my two favorite products they have. I also take their multivitamin and my kids take their vitamins as well. Uh, Again, that's Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER at checkout for 15% off your first order. I do not know if we're going to have a Monday episode this week. I don't think we will. I've been doing... Four weeks in a row, we've had bonus episodes on the feed. So I hope you've enjoyed those. Just a little fun extra. If you want to support this podcast beyond leaving a rating and review and listening, you can always check out my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Hine. Very, very much appreciate your support over there. All right. Have a great rest of your Friday, a wonderful weekend. And as always, we'll see you next Friday.